You're listening to the Winning Teams Podcast, presented by Jet Dental, the premier pop-up dental clinic for workplaces nationwide. Now, here's your host, Jordan Smith. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Winning Teams Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Coach Bruce Brockbank, and Bruce is currently serving his 30th year as the men's golf head coach at BYU. With his master's degree in in recreation management, Bruce considers it a privilege to have played collegiate golf at Brigham Young University and then transitioned to coaching the game he loves so much. With 58 tournament wins in 29 seasons, 54 all-conference players, 25 NCAA regional appearances in 28 years, and 12 PGA Tour players, Bruce finds inspiration in leading hardworking young men who love to compete at the highest level. As someone who loves golf personally, I'm really excited to have you on the show today, Bruce. Thanks, Jordan. Nice to be here. Well, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your role on the winning team you're building at BYU Men's Golf? Well, as you mentioned, I've been here for uh, 30 years. And uh, before that, I worked with Coach Tucker for four years as his assistant. And I'll mention him, I'm sure. Uh, and then I, you know, before that I played, so I've been, uh, BYU for quite a long time. And to give you a little more history, I grew up playing at Riverside country club. So it was a dream of mine to be, you know, as a young boy growing up at Riverside, uh, playing and watching the BYU team. Uh, I can go back to, wow, not quite to Johnny Miller time, but, uh, so many great players, Pat McGowan, Mike Reed, John Fote those guys that helped uh, Coach Tucker build their tradition at BYU, the tradition of BYU golf that I've tried to carry on as, as a player and then also as assistant coach and then my last 30 years. And so I think there's been the last 61 years have been two coaches, Coach Tucker and, and myself. And my responsibilities as a coach is to try to develop, you know, uh, create an environment for winning teams, um, provide opportunities for young kids to, from, you know, as junior golfers coming into college to get an education and help them reach their individual goals. And um, there's fundraising involved, there's tournament operations, there's competition uh, development, all those things that uh, fall under the umbrella of a, as a Division One men's golf coach. I love it. I, I'm a, a- as I mentioned, a big fan of, of golf and, and competitive golf in college is really interesting. We're, we're going to get into that a little bit, but let's kind of start in the beginning. I mean, your first role as a coach is obviously recruiting and really in any organization, the key to a great team is having great players on the team. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that process and how you find a plus talent for your winning team? Well, you, you know, you, the, um, you're always looking for kids that win golf tournaments and are shooting low scores. They're comfortable uh, at winning. Uh, and so whether you're local or national, you're trying to find kids that um, fill that role, number one. Number two, the, at BYU, it's very unique. you got to make sure you have the right kids that are going to be able to be successful academically and then also be able to help your golf team. And so it's unique. Um, but it's, it's also, you know, in my opinion, I've been here for a long time, so I'm not going to say much other than I just love coaching at Brigham Young University because of the, you know, it's just got a, a very uh, healthy, strong environment. The 
administration are absolutely off the charts. What they provide us as coaches trying to help our teams and student athletes be the best they can be. And so um, it, it's, it's really a privilege to have been able to do what I've done for the last 30 years. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, I, and, you know, Bruce, we, we know each other personally from before this show and um, you're, you're a humble man and, and a great leader. And, and it's clear why you've been there for 30 years, uh, in my view, having spent some time around you. Um, as I think about this, this recruiting topic and, and you mentioned something that's really interesting parallel for, for all organizations, BYU specifically is unique. And so you have to find people who are comfortable with that. I think in all organizations, you have to find people who are comfortable with your in specific culture. Jet Dental, for example, has its own culture. And we have to find people who fit and believe in and, and buy into that culture. When you think about the characteristics of the individuals you're recruiting to play golf for you, um, what are some of those, those characteristics? I'm sure there's kind of two buckets. You've got sort of athletically, I'm looking for these things and, and let's hear, hear that. But also, you know, from a, a leadership or, you know, other personal characteristics, what are some of those things you look for in individual athletes? Number one, to make, you know, they've got to be able to make the grade so that they have a, a pretty good academic background, uh, that they performed in most cases really well at the high school level. Uh, but you, again, you go back to kids that are so competitive. They love to compete. Uh, and, and then that, that thing that follows right after competition is their hard work, you know, their, their willingness to really pay the price to be the best they can be. When you find a group of guys that have that same goal, uh, it's it's um, it's pretty easy to just kind of step back, especially in golf, because you don't want to get you don't want to muddy the water too much. Just <laughs> let them go and, and watch them. And when you need to, you know, when you need to uh, clear clear the air a little bit uh, to help them, you do that. And and so that's really what you're, you know, what I'm looking for when it talks when you're talking about recruiting. I love that. Tell, tell uh, our listeners a little bit about uh, competitive golf in, in college, because I think when most people think about golf, they think about it as an individual sport, not a team sport. Um, but it really is a team and individual game. It's pretty unique. Why don't you give our listeners just a brief summary of kind of how college uh, competitive golf works? Well, you know, it, it's very unique. Um, and it's, it's growing rapidly. You, you have some very good athletes that used to just play football and basketball that are kind of looking at college golf because of the Tiger effect and, and many other great players on the PGA Tour. Um, they, they've created, wow, this is kind of cool, this golf scholarship. You travel around the country and you get to play all these country clubs and, yeah. and you get scholarships. Um, it's, it's really a pretty cool way to go to school. <laughs> Kids are, you know, whether you're on a baseball or volleyball or whatever, it's, it's just, it's a great way to get an education. And so college golf is very unique because it is an individual game, but most teams will carry anywhere between eight to 10 kids on their team. Uh, in college golf, division one men's golf, you, you travel with five players. And so you, you, um, if you're going to say the NCAA regionals next week, you'll have five guys and you count the low four scores. You always get to throw out the, the high score each round. Mm -hmm. And then after 54 holes, 
you will uh, total up the scores and the lowest, you know, team score uh, will win the golf tournament. And, and the same thing with the individual there's, so there's two winners at each event. You got a team score and an individual, but the challenge and the interesting part of it is most teams have 10 um, kids on the team or, you know, guys or girls, depending on which teams you have. And you're always uh, practicing together, qualifying for individual spots. So it's working together as well as competing against each other, trying to get better to make the spots. And then the key is, is that you go on the trips and perform as good as you can to try to get a higher ranking, if you will. Yeah, in business, this is often a challenge. I've, I've noticed with sales teams where you have individuals who have their own goals and they're, they're working hard to, to hit and achieve their own goals, um, but you're still on a team. And one of the questions I have is how do you get the most out of your individuals where you're creating a competitive environment, you're, you're getting them to excel and, and be the best they individually can be without it becoming toxic for the team environment? Well, that's a, that's a great question because every year is a little bit different, but you got to find guys that like I'm, you know, one of the key ingredients is when you're looking for kids, if they have a passion to play at the next level, say on the PGA tour, mm -hmm. they usually are pretty determined and they'll work extremely hard trying to figure out how they're going to get there. And with that, when you have a guy that has that, that's your captain that leads by example and will pull other people along, mm -hmm. that's when you have something really special. Um, when you have guys that are a little bit jealous and they, you know, they're rather than work really hard and produce the kind of performance and scores that you need to be successful, they get a little bit jealous. And so you, you've got to figure out, you got to find a happy medium and then you got to let kids know um, when they're, you know, doing a good job and maybe when they're not. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you think about that, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously you're dealing with individuals, right? And um, I think great leaders are, are fair, but that doesn't mean they treat everybody exactly the same, right? You're, you're, you're dealing with individuals. How have you built trust with individual athletes and, and teammates on your team? And how do you go about that? You know, I think uh, just quality time with each one of the individuals, you know, whether you're at practice uh, or at tournaments, mm -hmm. qualifying, or even in your office uh, with an individual, or even at uh, team activities, you've just got to you, you've got to find those kids that need a little bit, little bit of pick me up, or uh, what are, or even kids that uh, they're frustrated with some of the decisions. You just got to take the time to. Um, communicate and be on the same page. And that, as a coach, for me, that's really challenging. I'm not very good at that, but it's something that I'm trying to do, uh, have done for the last five to seven years is to um, create that trust with quality time. Um, and then you have to, you know, you've got to, again, communicate to the players when they're not um, doing that to their teammates. You got to give them that, you know, that expectation. Yeah, do you have any examples of players that were maybe 
And if you don't feel comfortable with specifics, that's fine, but that were maybe unique from other, other players and, and that you have yeah. to deal with differently. There's a lot of times where um, you're, you know, when the kids aren't performing and they want to know why they're not playing because it's really close. You know, when you, when you talk about that five spot, you know, your number one spot, usually your number one guy doesn't stay home very often. That's just part of one of you. That's your responsibility as a coach. You got to get your best players there. But when you get up to your four, five, six, seven, you know, spot, it's a little bit vague sometimes. Uh, scoring averages yeah. could be in two tenths of a shot. And so you've got to communicate that. You got to make sure that they understand where they're at and the better job that you uh, do in in communicating that, letting them know what you're going to do as much as it's possible. Uh, it seems to even the tide a little bit, rather than it being such a big wave when you have to make the you know decisions. Um, you know, there's times. Uh, just recently, I had to tell a young man who uh, has done a decent job for us, but uh, he's just kind of dropped the ball a little bit, and, and I had to tell him, look. Even if you qualify for the next event, your performance has been so mediocre over the last few months that you will not be playing in that role. But I need you to pick up the pace. I need you to be consistent the next few weeks. And if you do, then you'll have a chance to be back in the lineup. Otherwise, we're going to go. And, and, and what made sense to him was when I explained to him, I said, look, your performance so far this year has been this and I said, if I take you on the trip and you do this kind of what you've done for the last nine months, it's not going to help the team. And so I'm going to give somebody else that's done a little bit better job that chance. And so it's it's again those just taking that time and building that trust, if you will, communicating that makes a difference. Yeah, and I think especially important for those hard conversations, right, that you've, you've built a, a groundwork of trust so that they know you're coming from a place that has their and the team's best interest at heart. And as, and, and as you mentioned, that crucial conversation, if you've had a few of those, it sure goes a lot better because they've, they trust you a little bit more. And, and again, that's something that, um, you know, as you mentioned, you don't treat all the players the exact same. Everybody's a little bit different. But if you can be pretty consistent, uh, I think it makes a, a big difference, especially in our program. And, and that starts at the top. And so coach has to be better at that as well as the players. Yeah, it really starts at the top. I found for me personally, when I'm unwilling to have a hard conversation with somebody, it's usually selfishness of I'm being a wuss <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not willing to do it to hurt the relationship. But uh, I've, I've often found that if you already have trust with them, often it's, it comes across as uh, appreciative because they know you're trying to help them be better, which, which uh, I think is important. Um, you know, I, was, I, I had a random thought that came to me. You've had 12 PGA Tour professionals. When you think of those players, um, any, any common characteristics or any, any things you feel have been different with them that maybe you saw early on in their collegiate career that uh, helped them be successful later? You know, that's a great, that's a, that's a great question because every one of those kids, you can talk about Andy Miller, one of uh, Johnny's boys. Um, he came in, he was a four-time All-American. He was one of those kids that, you know, dad plays golf. I'm not sure if I want to play, but he started when he was 16, 17. And man, he just started, you know, um, playing really well. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids 
start when they're younger and they, you know, they have that success year after year. And it was funny because we're in junior golf. This kid's getting ready. He's thinking about either, you know, there's three or four places he's going to go to school. And when he makes his announcement or makes his commitment to BYU, I had coaches coming up and be going, you just got one of the best players in junior golf. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. But that's, you know, I didn't really understand what we had. I knew we had a great player, a great name, obviously. Um, but what I found out with Andy, as I found out with Peter Quest, Rhett Rasmussen, more of the local uh, recent guys, Daniel Summerhays, Zach Blair, those kids, they're, Jordan, they're really determined. Mm-hmm. Um, they work hard in every aspect of their lives. They're, they're pretty focused. They don't get distracted. And you know what I mean by that this day and age, it's even more difficult for these kids. They're, they're just determined. And in fact, in every case, all those kids that I've mentioned, they would get frustrated with their teammates because they didn't quite feel like they were given enough effort. Mm. And, and, and the beauty of it is, is I can go in, if you go into it, all of them, were those characteristics, hardworking, very determined, loved to compete, loved to win. It didn't matter where they were playing. They wanted to win. And then the other factors were um, they had pretty consistent hitting the golf ball, but exceptional short games. Mm. So they were really good with the touch feel shots that made a huge difference. And so um, that's why those guys were a little bit, uh, you know, ahead of the game for, you know, BYU golf. And I, you know, I, another guy, Patrick Fishburn, who's kind of, he hits it so far and, and he, as he developed those skills, being a better wedge player, getting it up and down, uh, again, short game. Uh, that's why he's out there on the corn ferry as we speak, trying to, you know, get on the PGA tour. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love what you said about that determination, not getting distracted, getting frustrated with the team. I mean, you hear you hear these stories of like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, right? Athletes at the highest level getting frustrated with teammates. So that's really interesting to, to hear that uh, also, uh, you know, in, in competitive golf. Um, I As I think about competitive golf, you know, it, it sparked another question, which is that I think part of why people love sports in general, but for me personally with golf, is that it's so challenging and there's always another thing you can do to become better. Um, and it's a game that's filled with adversity on any given day. You can have weather that completely changes. You see it all the time on the PGA tour where the morning guys go out and they shoot these really low scores. And then this wind comes up in the afternoon and you happen to be in the afternoon time <laughs> and you kind of got the short stick of the draw. Um, how do you coach kids to deal with adversity and what did you learn personally as a collegiate golfer, as a competitive golfer that helped you deal with adversity on the course? I, I think just, you know, mental toughness, being able to handle the adversity that comes to you on the course, as well as in life there, you know, every day is not going to be perfect. And so you've got to be able to build a foundation of good fundamentals that will help you be successful through those bumpy times. And um, again, that's where a golfer, no matter if the wind starts blowing, it gets cold, it's rainy, whatever, um, or one of your competitors gets in your way or says something, there's just a number of different things. A horn goes off, sirens are going off. You just got to be able to deal with the adversity and get back to 
your routine uh, that helps you every time you hit a golf shot. And if you're, if you have that routine, and again, that looks different for every person, right? Whether you're in the workforce, running a business, your routine is very valuable for your success every day. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see in, in these golfers that, um, you know, you watch the PGA tour just to see those guys, by the time they touch that club, after they gathered all their information, just it, this is about hitting golf shots. Once they've gathered their information, they draw that club. It doesn't take them very long to hit that shot. Yeah, I love the parallel there. You, you've got to have a routine for yourself, right? That that helps you uh, be successful. Um, maybe let's talk about that. What what's a, a routine for you? Uh, maybe not golf specific, but routine or habits that you're you're proud of and that have helped you develop a, a very successful career. Well. Uh, you know, I like to get up in the morning and, and uh, it's, it's pretty easy to get excited to go to work for me because, you know, I get to go to the golf course and work <laughs> with great kids. And so uh, for many years, uh, you know, just getting up and working hard, getting the things done, you know, the, the recruiting stuff first thing in the morning and then uh, the other things that fall in line. Uh, to have a successful day and then you're back out of practice in the afternoons with the kids. I love it. You, um, you've, you, I, I happen to know some of your assistant coaches um, and you've got a great support team. Talk to me a little bit about uh, when you're building this competitive, great culture environment, um, what your support team means to you and, and how you specifically help delegate responsibilities. You're, you know, I'm, I'm uh, like I've mentioned to you before, I'm not a great communicator, but I do know that uh, when you have a support team, you know, whether it's your uh, staff, Todd Miller has been my assistant for, he's, he's been our director of golf. And so he helps the men's and women's team with fundraising, mm -hmm. uh, some of the development, things like that, recruiting, but uh, really he's my assistant and uh, it's just, he's he's one of the finest people that uh you can be around and that's you know uh he played for me when i hired him i said there's no way uh, or there this is the best guy for the job because he's gonna every characteristic that you want in student athletes he already has and so mm -hmm. he helps them develop that he's a hard worker he's very determined and then you know more recently we've uh, had the privilege of having daniel summerhays as a volunteer assistant and, you know, we could go on all day talking about the different things about NCAA rules of what you can and can't do, but that's kind of our support team now. And to be able to have a PGA tour player, uh, the last seven to 10 years, be a part of the staff, just, um, the dynamics, the characteristics of our team are, are just very healthy right now because it's what every kid that plays college golf in most cases wants to play the PGA tour and that's where he's been the last 10 years. So to have him involved with your kids is um, just makes it that much more special. Yeah. It's so powerful. I mean, when you have a great team around you and a great, a great support team, uh, you can do incredible things. So I, I love that. And uh, kudos to your, your great teammates that you've recruited around you. That's awesome. Well, thank you. What are the challenges with newer athletes, younger athletes that you're recruiting today compared to 30 years ago when you first started the job? Because there's, there's a lot in business literature about this right now. And I'm just curious your perspective on if you feel like you've seen changes or differences with this younger generation. 
huge changes. And one of the things, Jordan, that I have to figure out myself is, you know, we've talked about this. Um, I just expect kids to go work, you know, and, and get things done. Uh, this generation of kids, they kind of want to know why that you're doing certain things. And so my first impression is I get frustrated and say, ah, I'm, you know, I'm getting tired. I don't want to do this anymore. Or you can go and say, hey, look, these are the most talented kids that we've ever had. They, they're, you've got to lead them differently or help them differently, if you will. And so I've changed my attitude rather than get frustrated, try to figure out how I'm going to be more prepared to um, be an influence in their lives. And some days are better than others. And that's kind of what I get up uh, rather than get up and be frustrated. I'm trying to be more proactive and trying to figure out how I'm going to, to lead, if you will, or encourage or develop an environment where these kids can still be successful and, and every day is a little bit different challenge, but that's the exciting part of uh, my job. Yeah, it's a, a great perspective. And I think um, leading with the why, right? Helping people understand why you're trying to do something is, is an important, uh, I think, leadership aspect for, for all leaders in, in any organization. So, so thank you for that perspective. Well, coach, we're about out of time. I did want to give you the final word. Um, What's your best strategy for building a winning team? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I, was, I wish I was a little bit more prepared, but I, I just think that, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I always say, I'm trying to, you know, get valued people from where they are to where they want to go. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, I feel if I get up every day and, and um, want to help somebody, try to make a difference. Um, you have good days and bad days, but that's, that's really what it's all about. And if you, you can get your kids to feel the same way, uh, the kids on your team, your teammates, if you're, if you're, you know, you know what you need to accomplish every day, both academically as well as athletically, if you're doing that, and then you're also picking people up along the way, I think that makes a huge difference. Um, reaching out, lending a hand, trying to lead somebody, uh, that, that's really what makes a great team. And, and so um, hopefully as years go by, uh, I can be better at that every day. Yeah, that's a, that's a very powerful mission. And uh, having been around you and seeing the support you have from former players and uh, how much they love you, it's, it's clear you've made a, a difference in, in their lives and continue to. So uh, congratulations to you and for the winning team that you're building. Best of luck to you. Thanks so much. Appreciate you taking the time and uh, having me on. Thanks, Bruce.